following is a paid program and does not necessarily reflect the views of WABC. Welcome to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, bringing you honest talk, even when it bites. Now on 77 WABC, here are your hosts, Alex Alexanian and Brenda Bush. Today, an investigative report of New York Animal Control Agency. Listen as insiders blow the top off New York's Animal Control Agency. This is Alex Alexanian. Good morning, New York, with my partner, Brenda Bush. Brenda Bush. Good morning. Hi, Brenda. How are you? Oh, it's quite a day already. It's quite a day, know. and we have the first ever investigative report today. We are not going to chat a lot because this is a very serious show. We're not going to do the lighthearted comedy that we usually do. At this point of the show, we are going to cut right to our first guest, and we want to, before we get into the subject of today, we want to introduce Barbara Williamson. She is one of the key people with Best Friends, and they are having an amazing super adoption in White Plains that has been hugely successful, and she absolutely wanted to tell us about it before we get into the subject, which is the investigative report of New York's Animal Control Agency. But first, we're going to get a little update from Barbara, the super adoption. Barbara, are you with us? Hello? Barbara? I'm not hearing Barbara. Technical difficulties. I don't know. Hello? We love live well, radio. M- Mike, okay. our we'll- engineer. Uh, okay. We are right. going to try to reconnect with Barbara, and we are very, very short on time. So um, we're going to wait to see if we can reconnect with Barbara. If we can't, we're going to move on to our guest. Okay, I understand that Barbara's back on the line with us. Good morning, Barbara. Are you with us now? Yes, I am. Good morning. Hi, Hi. good morning. You're just a little too sleepy, I guess, huh? and just hung up no, the phone. No, no, the phone went dead. For oh, some no. <laughs> so, so, so tell us, how's, how are things going at the super adoption? Oh, they're, they're going wonderful. We have the pet super adoption in White Plains at the Westchester County Center. It continues today, noon to 4. And if you're coming from New York City, you can take the Metro North uh, White Plains train. You go from Metro North on the Harlem Line and take it to the White Plains stop. It's a 10-minute walk to the Westchester County Center, which is at... 198 Terrytown Road, right? No, 198 Central Avenue, actually. Uh, it's yeah. right at the intersection there, yeah, Westchester yeah, County Center. Yeah, yeah. And um, yesterday we had 182 animals adopted. Wow. wow. That's amazing. That's great. And That's how many cool. organizations do you guys have there? It's about 40. And we've got we've got some groups that are, are just going to be joining us today. Uh, we had uh, several groups yesterday and some new ones coming in today. And if we've got a second, I just would like to tell you about a couple of animals real quickly that I went around to rescue groups and I said, okay, who didn't get adopted today that you want dogs in danger to promote? And so we got a couple of dogs, a couple of cats. Good, so tell us who you got. Okay, we've got this amazing cat named Red, and there's this wonderful Long Island group that takes care of the community cats, gets them trapped, neutered, returned. But occasionally they come up with a cat that's actually a house cat. And Red was hanging around their colony for two years. They never could get him into the trap. One day he showed up with this enormous abscess. They got him trapped so they could get him taken care of, thought they had a feral. Turned out he's a big hair sweetheart. He's a sunshine boy. Um, wonderful personality, and he's real good with other cats. And at night, he holds his foster parents down and covers their faces with kisses. <laughs> we have a pure white bred Persian, absolutely perfect. She's two years old. Her name is Margot. She's with Friends with Paws, and she's a lap cat, good with dogs and cats. We have a seven month old Brindle Bully Breed Boy 
named Junior, and he's with All They Need is a Home. He was a stray who got hit by a car, and the vets couldn't save his back left leg. And he's a big, happy goofball. He's great with other dogs and cats. He loves kids, and they tell me he's pretty much housebroken. And what, ha- what rescue group is he with? All They Need is a Home. And then we have this dog. Uh, she's just wonderful. I, I could say that she's a very rare Akihund retriever, but what she actually is is a Hound Lab Akita mix. And her name is Rosie. She's wonderful with other dogs. She lives with tiny Yorkies. She's very kid-friendly. Um, however, she has this a very interesting bark, which doesn't sound like a bark. It actually sounds like a woman screaming in terror. <laughs> And that she only does that when she's very happy and playing and glad when her foster family has come home. So she needs to go to a home with a, a, a big yard, not an apartment dog. Okay, Sounds well, wonderful. Thank you. Thank what you for great... the update on these dogs. It's such a great event, and it's an annual event, right? Yes, it is. And, then, and out of the tri-state area, we have close to 40 rescue groups. And, um, again, this is the Pet Super Adoption at the Westchester County Center, 198 Central Avenue. And tell people again what time it's for today. It starts at noon today and goes until 4. And from New York City, take the Metro North on the Harlem Line and go to the White Plains stop. Dogs are welcome on the train and cats are welcome in carriers. Come on, guys. Get out there. It's It's a phenomenal place. It's a great event. It's a great cause, okay? So everybody go out to White Plains today Support and see the, the animals. Support the organizations yeah, and you check need out a pet. some of the great animals for adoption. Right. You need a pet. This is the place to be today. Absolutely. All right. Barbara, thank you very, very Thanks much. Thanks for the update, Barbara. Thank you very much. You're doing a great job. Best and of we're, luck. And we're going to be right back with the subject of today, which is what's wrong New York animal control. We'll be right back. Hi. This is Alex. And Brenda. From the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour with a special message for you, WABC listeners. Our charity, the Buddy Fund, has saved over 50,000 dogs from being killed, placing them in loving homes across the country. Through our program, Dogs in Danger, we give a voice to the voiceless and raise awareness about issues and indiscretions in the animal community that would otherwise go unnoticed. However, as a charity, we are dependent on donations from listeners like you to keep the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour alive on WABC Radio. We ask that you please look into your hearts. And if you support our cause and want to continue help us make a difference, please log on to dogsindanger.com and make a donation to the Buddy Fund. Any amount you can spare would go a long way in helping keep animals out of kill shelters and informative programming on the air. It's up to listeners like you to help make the difference in the life of a furry little friend. So please log on to dogsindanger.com and make a difference. Love wildlife, so do we. Come visit the Best Friends Animal Society website during Wildlife Week, June 6th through the 12th, to explore the wondrous world of wildlife rehabilitation. Best Friends Animal Society is working all around the country to help animals and to bring about a time when there are no more homeless pets. Plus, our very special pet sanctuary is unlike any other on Earth. It's something you have to experience to believe. So come visit us at bestfriends.org. That's bestfriends.org. And please, be sure to join us for Wildlife Week. Barkable Radio, the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Okay, we're back on the air with the subject of the day, our investigative report of New York Animal Control. Just to set the stage, in 2010, New York City shelters killed 9,373 cats and dogs. That's 781 cats and dogs a month. 26 cats and dogs per day. One year ago, about the same time, Mayor Bloomberg announced that there's never been a better time to be a dog in New York City. Certainly not a dog that ends up in New York ACNC. Not if you're one of those 9,000 dogs, that's for sure. 
we today we have some very very special guests, and we're going to cut to the first first guest. She is a current employee of New York ACNC. We have um, we have put some electronic wizardry on her voice for fear of retribution. Her name is Mrs. X. We call her Mrs. X, obviously, for the reason of hiding her name. Good morning, Mrs. X. Are you with us? Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Thank you. Great. Well, you do sound like <laughs> somebody in the studio when they heard your voice said, sounds like wow. the devil. Believe sounds like me. Darth Vader. Believe me. This is not the devil you're talking to. This is yeah. a saint. We did everything okay? we this could is, to the voice. So. This is a saint. This is a wonderful person. Mrs. X, uh, let me start the questioning with... Uh, uh, a general question. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate New York ACC? That stands, that's the acronym we're going to be using for animal control. New York ACC staff on doing everything they can to save a dog versus just killing it. Well, I think before Emily Cannon was fired, that the rate of rescue was very impressive. And I think that once they let her go, Animals are no longer getting the attention, effort, or care that's, that's needed to get rescues to be constantly pulling dogs and saving them. So what would you rate so, them? How would you rate them on a 1 to 10 scale? So right now, I would rate them between 1 and 2, and that's being generous. I would, I mean, I would, I would call that abysmal. I think we can start with abysmal as as the adjective, Mrs. X. Um, I think that anybody who spends a day at the shelter recently would be completely shocked by what they found. Mrs. X, let me ask you this. Um, obviously, approximately 40,000 animals enter their, their shelter system in New York each year. About 10,000 of them last year died. Um, do they list the dogs on websites like, like ours, Dogs in Danger or Pet Finder, before killing them? No. In fact, that's one of, the, one of the most backward things about the ACC in New York City, is that they're entirely against the idea of social media. So they prefer, and in fact, they take action against people who post dogs online before they're killed. Once an animal is scheduled to be euthanized at ACC, they are taken off the ACC website. Okay. So that would make it that why would make are rescuing they so, it kind of difficult. Why are they so against uh, publicizing the names of the, of the dogs that are going to be dying so that people can go and save them? They actually view the youth list as some sort of some sort of business secret, a proprietary list that the public shouldn't see. And so websites like the Urgent Facebook page or the Dogs in Danger page that talk about animals that are about to be killed is considered completely taboo within the system. And, and let me tell our listeners, and we have a very large audience, um, let me tell our listeners about this Urgent uh, website that he's talking about. It's a website on Facebook. It's Facebook.com if anybody wants to go there. Facebook.com forward slash Urgent death row dogs. Now, this is an individual, a kind-hearted individual, that has gone out there and is doing this outside of the of the allowances and permissions of ACNC. 
Right. Uh, so every person, day, but, but every day the ACC puts out a list around five o'clock. They put out a list of the dogs that are going to be killed the next day. Well, that's only for uh, for rescues to get, not for the public. And this person has a way of getting that list and is publicizing right. it. It used even to be though, a private list only to members of the rescue, right? So right. now she's even made though, it public. Even though a lot of people, uh, I mean, people want to shut her down, she's still doing it. So uh, kudos to her. What is the Mrs. X, what is the relationship between the staff and the volunteers at New York ACNC? There is an extreme level of hostility towards volunteers in general, and specifically volunteers that speak up about issues of animal welfare within the system. So, on a regular basis, volunteers will write in to Park Place Management about what they see as injustices within the system, and this is something that Emily Tannen did on a daily basis, which was the biggest reason why she was fired. And so what what volunteers and staff that point out issues like this get is retaliation or condescension or just outright hostility. From the- and yet, at the same time, there's a frightening level of incompetence at the shelter that's allowed to continue as long as they're doing things that go along with their ideals. So, for example, vet techs that kill the wrong dogs by mistake are not reprimanded. They're allowed to keep killing dogs. Kennels are are left unclean or unattended for hours and hours at a time, sometimes days, because of the criminal understaffing that Julie Banks has allowed to go on at each shelter. Wow. So anybody that speaks up about any of these issues is treated very, very harshly. And how about and how about speaking out to the public? Why don't why don't more staff and volunteers do that? Well, under Julie Banks' new volunteer program, volunteers have to sign away their rights about speaking up. It is a fireable offense for me or for, for example, a volunteer to speak to your program, for example. Unbelievable. If anybody... We have this little thing called the Fifth Amendment that protects people's ability to speak out. Uh, unbelievable. We're going to talk more about that later. Mrs. X, Mrs. X, we have uh, the show is, is is just jam packed today. Uh, Mrs. X, tell us about Ginger, the pregnant dog, in uh, in a few short sentences. The the story I saw it come by the news wires this week, and uh, I had to bring it up in the show. Tell us about Ginger. Well, Ginger was a dog who was pregnant, and quite visibly so. Within, within the shelter. The shelter doesn't like to classify dogs as being pregnant because then it would look bad if they tried to put a pregnant dog on the euthanasia list. So nobody was told in advance that Ginger was pregnant and rescue groups weren't given a chance to save her. And the irony being that a pregnant dog with puppies is an automatic rescue. So instead, what the ACC did was abort Ginger's puppies when she was full term. And this means that they cut her open and took out six or seven of her puppies. And these puppies were old enough to live on their own. Right. I mean, at that point, at that point, it's basically a C-section, isn't it? 
Exactly. This could have been a successful C-section, and these puppies could have could have lived. Instead, they had to kill, euthanize each and every one individually with injections after they took them out of the mother. Then they almost killed the mother because this is a very dangerous operation when the dog is full term, and she nearly bled to death. They were able to save her, and then. Finally, the Mayor's Alliance stepped in and took the dog and then changed the story on their website to be that Ginger was merely an unhealthy dog that they saved and found her a good home. So misrepresentation, am I correct? Misrepresentation, mismanagement, lying. Right. Do you agree with my statement? And why do you think they wouldn't um, advertise a dog like that to rescue groups when, when it, as you say, it, within the rescue community, that dog's a, a, sure, a sure save? Well, the overarching ideology of ACC is to have as few dogs as possible. It's completely against their ideology to bring any new dogs into the world. So while that may be the right idea in the beginning when a dog first becomes pregnant, it becomes criminally negligent to try to abort those puppies when she's full term. And Ginger was in our care when she became pregnant. So it's not like they didn't know that this was going to happen. They simply waited and then did the surgery too late and then tried to lie about it. And then killed every one of the puppies. How, how, often, exactly. would you, how often would you say um, they misrepresent the temperament or health of animals? I think that the behavior system that they used to test these dogs, the safer system, is an extremely flawed system designed by the ASPCA that is specifically... Like if you watch the safer video, the training video, it tells you very clearly that this test is not meant to be used to decide euthanasia. Miss, Mrs. X, Mrs. X, we are running, uh, running short of time. Right. Unfortunately, Mrs. X, we have Emily Tannen, who you've been speaking so glowingly of, with us on the line as well. If you'd love to hold Mrs. X, we, we would love to have you on the lines. But I'd like to introduce Emily Tannen at this point. Emily, are you with us this morning? Emily? going to take, a, I think, our engineers a second to switch over for Emily there. Is Emily with us? Hello? Uh, I guess we're still on the air. And hello. hello, Emily? Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? Good, I, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, great. We had, to, we had to get rid of that uh, voice disguise uh, for a second there, so that's for why Mrs. it caused, X. caused us a little <laughs> delay, right? Because we're not disguising Emily's voice. She's uh, happy no. to talk out about her experience yeah. at ACC. And uh, Emily was a former employee uh, until uh, just a couple of weeks ago, right, Emily? Yes. Uh, I was fired, I think, on Friday the 13th, actually. Wow. Why were you fired? <laughs> um, well, the reasons they gave I don't actually think are the real reasons, but what was said in the meeting was um, that I was violating their policy of taking pictures of dogs uh, with people in them. So uh, you, used to take, you used to take photos of the animals and to try to advertise the animals to get them homes before they were killed, right? Yeah, I um, started doing that when I started working um, at ACC almost two years ago, and I realized um, that rescue groups were really responding to seeing 
these dogs, especially large dogs and pit bulls, um, snuggling with people or, you know, rolling on their back for belly rubs or whatever the case may be. Um, but I just really started to see that these having photographs instead of the awful intake pictures were really making a difference. So I kind of made it um, your thing, and, and they used that as an excuse to fire you. Well, they said that there was a human being in the photographs. For whatever reason, I don't even want to dwell on that, Julie. Um, let's talk about, I'm sorry, uh, Emily. Does Julie Bank, the director of New York ACC, even like animals, in your opinion? Like animals, did you say? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, based on her decisions that she makes, I would have to say no. Okay. Um, how much misrepresentation? Now, you were there for two and a half years. Uh, you've been under there the entire actually. How many? Just under two. Just under two. Sorry, um, and you've been there the entire period. Julie Banks been there. How much misrepresentation, recategorization of animals did you see so they could be killed without being counted as a killing, quote unquote? And let me explain um, this for our audience, okay? New York City takes in about forty thousand dogs. They killed about ten thousand of them. Their public relations statement says that they did not kill one healthy dog. So the only way that they're able to make that statement is if they kill and they have an excuse that the dog right. uh, was unhealthy or had a temperament problem. Those the two label means doesn't everything. count, right. right? So if you've got a temperament problem, you're a dog, and you're or you're sick, you get killed and you do not count. So they can say we don't kill any healthy dogs. So what I'm asking uh, Emily is how much misrepresentation, obviously, uh, and recategorization. Take a, a healthy dog and say it, it's unhealthy. Did you see while you were there? so that the well, dog could be killed without being counted? We have a youth list every single day. Um, and starting June 2010 is when they changed the failing grade for a dog to be able to be killed for temper. Um, so we have five different ratings, and it used to be that the top two, quote, worst grades were able, were able to euthanize um, an animal, dog and a cat, for temper. Um, but we stopped being allowed to use the word space um, when we killed an animal. So kind of to make up for that, we all of a sudden needed to do something with the population of the shelter. So we lowered the grade so now we could kill a moderate and say that it was because of their temper. Mm-hmm. Um, and, medical you know. would, and medical would be the other reason, right? So, for example, right. how, many, how many animals that come in healthy get sick in the shelter? Uh, every single animal will start coughing or sneezing eventually. Right. They get a cold. Uh, depending on, yeah, depending on how many days they're there. It could be 24 hours. It could be seven days. Um, but the fact is they have that to, to use, so kind of right. to always control the population because no matter so, what, um, they're going to get sick. Emily, uh, in our pre-interview, you said that 100%, correct me if I'm wrong, please, but you said that 100% of the animals coming in will catch a cold within about three days. Am I correct about that? 100% will get sick for sure. It might not be three days. It could be one day. It could be six days. But, yes, mm-hmm. they will definitely get sick if they if they don't get pulled beforehand. Because right. the conditions of the shelter are so bad in terms of the germs that the shelter is carrying. So all, every right. animal that comes in gets this cold. So if they have a perfect it's animal. kind of like your kid in nursery school. If they have a perfect right. animal that walks in the door, correct me if I'm wrong, please. They have a perfect animal in every facet. The dog comes in. And they see that it's a perfect animal, and they put it on the side. They wait for him to get sick because he's going to get sick within six days. Then they can say it's a sick dog and kill it and does not count. Am I correct in that statement? Yes. If a perfectly healthy animal comes in, let's say, as a stray, so they have to sit there for three days, um, hopefully they get their behavior test at some point. um, But they might not because a lot of animals end up getting on the list for disease 
um, before they even get their behavior test. So they're going on for disease without anyone knowing what their mm-hmm. behavior is like. Um, but yeah, they just sit there. If they don't get adopted or rescued, doesn't doesn't take them, then they'll start coughing, and then the next day they go on the list. And we're focusing on the ones that that make it onto the youth list. But of all the dogs that are saved, those dogs, mo- many of them, most of them probably are sick also. And so the rescues that are pulling those dogs and the people that are adopting them are getting dogs that have coughing and sneezing and need antibiotics or you know whatever it yeah, is. Yeah, even if a, even if a rescue group takes an animal right away, you know the minute it comes in, they're interested. As soon as it's available, they take it. Even if it leaves healthy and is able to have surgery before it goes, I hear all the time from rescues telling me that you know the next day the dog got really sick or sure. the kennel cough turned into pneumonia or whatever it is. But right. the point is that you know these vet bills are falling on these rescues that don't have a lot of resources and don't have a lot of foster homes, and now this dog has to stay in boarding or in their foster home even longer than than originally planned. So now they can they have to pull less dogs and more dogs are going to die, and it's just a vicious cycle. Uh, Emily, how hard is is it? Let's switch to the other side. How hard is is it for someone, a good New Yorker, to save a dog before it's killed? Well, I I wish I could say it's really easy, but I've heard from um, the doctors who've come into the shelter, and I've heard from volunteers who work with the adopters that they can. It could, it, this could be a five-hour process if you come into an animal control facility to adopt a dog, a pit bull. Well, well let's let, the, let's step backwards. How about a phone call? How about they start with a phone call? Hey, oh, I well, like. We don't have a listed phone number, so that's. that's wait a second. You don't have. Wait, wait a second. You passed something. You don't have a listed phone number. Tell me that again. No, um, we had a call center that was shut down due to the budget being cut. So there's no um, human being answering a telephone number now at ACC for people who we have. A, we have a phone number, and I actually don't even know what it is. Um, and unpublished, right? It's a secret number. It's a secret number that, thanks to Urgent Part Two, she uh, posts it every night with the youth list and tells people to call and if they're interested in an animal um, to don't get discouraged if they keep calling and keep pressing zero and hope, hopefully somebody will eventually answer the phone. Because traditionally that number was only given out to rescue groups and the public wasn't allowed to have it. So it's but still Can they make it any more difficult? Different. Can they make it any harder to save yeah, a dog? Can they, can, why don't they just shoot people that want to come in and adopt a dog? It's very frustrating. You see yeah, a lot of that on Facebook too because there are people who are trying desperately to save these dogs. There's a I mean, there's just a frenzy every night when the list goes out of people trying to save the dogs. And guess what? The shelter closes, and you're not going to get anyone then. And then you've got just, you know, literally minutes when the shelter opens the next day before those dogs are going to be killed. Right. Well, rescue groups have asked Julie uh, many times if we can change having the youthless come out instead of, you know— at 6 o'clock at night for the following morning if you can give rescues one more day. So right. It comes out well, how about l- give it 24 hours? Let me elaborate on this youth list thing, okay? Because not everybody is inside the bubble. Death this list. Is, okay. This is a large, large audience here, okay? Let me elaborate. What the youth list is the dogs that are going to be killed the next day. And let me elaborate further. The youth list comes out, meaning they know what dogs are going to be killed 6 p.m. And they kill the dogs 8 a.m. the next day. It comes out 6 p.m., and they're dead at 8 a.m., and so you exactly. have... finished at 5 p.m., which is a change. It used to right. be 4 p.m., uh, but... And it's been moving years. forward, But right. it takes a little time for that list to be circulated. So, yeah. so, so the, yesterday, for example, there were 15 dogs on that list that are d- going to be dying today, one hour after we go right. off the air. And you can save one if you can find the secret phone number. Exactly. Which and we're going we're gonna, well, to give out. you have to find the phone number, and then you have to pray somebody answers the phone. Right, because there is no one there to answer the phone. 
Uh, let me ask you another question, and I think this is going to have to be our, our last question. We are going to have to bring in uh, Assemblyman, New York Assemblyman, and a great hero of the animals, uh, yeah. Micah Kellner. Um, if Julie Banks, who's the director, doesn't care about the animals, we've established that. Uh, Dr. Janesco, um, who we've established also that doesn't really like animals, she's the one that operated on uh, Ginger the dog, um, killing all the puppies. Uh, what about the third in charge, uh, Richard Gentles? Does he care? Um, no. I would have to say no. If these people cared, uh, the conditions wouldn't be the way they were. They have the authority and the power right now to bring themselves into the shelter, which they never do. How many and times have you actually seen board members at the shelter in the two years you worked there? Board members, maybe twice, mm-hmm. and that was for, like, a tour. Mm-hmm. So they, the board doesn't come to the shelter. Um, Julie rarely comes to the shelter. When she does, she walks around locking locking uh, the locks on the cages. I mean, she she should be there more. The shelter is in an awful, awful condition. Dogs aren't being walked. They're sitting in their own waste, um, and nobody is doing anything about it. Emily, thank you very, very much. We're out of time. Thanks We're going to come back us. with Assemblyman Micah Kellner, a great hero of mine. Uh, but first, we need to cut the commercial. We'll be right back. Right folks. now, thousands of wonderful dogs are in shelters waiting for families. Meanwhile, puppy mills breed tens of thousands of puppies each year to be sold in pet stores or over the internet for profit. Dogs in puppy mills never feel the touch of a kind hand or grass under their paws. They're forced to have litter after litter to produce puppies for sale in pet stores at high prices. At the same time, many dogs lose their lives in shelters because people choose to buy rather than adopt their pet. Best Friends is working with you and with humane groups all across the country to bring about a time when every animal has a loving home and there are no more homeless pets. Through their puppy mill incentive, thousands of dogs have been rescued from lives of suffering and have become part of loving families. And you can help save even more. Text the word DOG to 90999 to give $5 to Best Friends Animal Society and help save the life of a puppy mill dog. Together, we can make the dream of no more homeless pets come true. Message and data rates may apply. Throw your dog a bone. Let him listen to the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour on 77 WABC. Back to Alex and Brenda. We're back on the air with our special investigative report today of New York City's animal control system. And I want to introduce one of my heroes, Assemblymember Micah Kellner. Um, Assemblymember, are you with us? I'm with you, Alex. Thank you and Brenda for having me today. Oh, our pleasure. Our pleasure. For, and thank you for getting up so early in the morning. My pleasure. I listen to Dogs in Danger every week, so oh. it's very easy. <laughs> I hope you're not lying now. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Good. Thank you. Mr. Kennel, let me ask you uh, quickly, quickly to start out this discussion. Um, there is a new bill that's been introduced that you are one of the sponsors of, um, CARA, uh, C-A-A-R-A. I'm not going to go into the specifics because today's show is not about the bill. Yeah. Um, but let me ask you, it's a great bill. I'm absolutely in favor of it. I'm thrilled that you, you are, are, are the guy that's, that's leading the charge. What are the chances that it's going to become law, in your uh, opinion? I actually think there's uh, an incredible chance that this becomes law this year. Um, you know, we, we built upon last year, we, we, we created an even more robust law that, you know, sets minimum standards for both shelters and rescue groups, um, you know, to show that this isn't an ideological issue. My sponsor in the Senate is a gentleman by the name of Joe Robach from Rochester. We, we couldn't be more ideologically apart. He's a conservative Republican. I'm wow. a liberal Democrat. but 
we both have one thing in common. We have rescue animals, and we, we love our rescue animals. And it is on the Senate Agriculture Committee agenda um, to show how many New Yorkers uh, support this bill. Uh, Senator Ritchie, the Agriculture Committee chair's office, called my, my office the other day and said, can you please make the emails and call stop? We're going to pass the bill out of committee on Monday. I said, you know, to Senator Ritchie's office, I, I apologize, but, you know, these you are can't advocates stop it who now. <laughs> feel strongly about it. Uh, I, I have no control over them, but uh, from what I understand, thousands of uh, emails, hundreds of phone calls came into her office yesterday asking her to make sure that she supported the Companion Animal Access and Rescue Act. And, and, and Alex and I count for two of those, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Mine was in there. Um, but uh, I, I think there is a real great chance that this becomes law, wow. that it's passed by both houses of the legislature in the next 15 days, and, and that's really what I'm focused on. Uh, I know Senator Robach is incredibly focused on it in the Senate, and uh, my job is to get it passed through the Assembly. And the Ag Committee this, this time in the Assembly is not going to be a problem, you think? No, you know, uh, you know I, I never want to say never, but I've talked to a lot of my colleagues. Um, we, we've explained how, how this bill is different, how it has an incredible amount of support, and People are calling their legislator, calling the members of the Ag Committee, and I hope uh, they recognize it also. Uh, this bill to date um, has had no opposition. Wow. Unbelievable. What happened to the Mayor's Alliance? Last time with Oreos Law, they were all over it. Um, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't speak for the Mayor's Alliance. Um, we have not heard uh, a, a peep from them, and, uh, you know, I hope this means that they support it. It's a very, very balanced bill. Wow. You know what? This is this is incredible news. We have a tremendous audience, Mr. Kellner, and I ask everyone over there to keep showering the assemblymen right. and the, the senators that are involved in this thing. Go to the Dogs in Danger website. We have up there mm-hmm. uh, an email. We have it's on our radio names. hour page. It's, exactly. And it's, and it's also on our Facebook page, all the contact information. There's well, a, I think uh, I hope people recognize that, you know, their voice counts, and if, if people make a phone call, send an email, it's going to ultimately pay off for these dogs and cats who uh, need a second chance. Mr. Keller, you're one of uh, my, my personal heroes, and I want to ask you on a personal note, before we talk about New York ACNC, which is what the show is, um, why have you devoted so much of your time and political capital to this particular cause? Uh, you, know, you know, sadly, I like to think that I, I speak for those who don't have a voice, and sadly, you know, our furry little friends with four legs don't have a voice, and, you know, they've done nothing wrong to end up in a shelter. They, they, they're not criminals, and most of these animals are healthy, they're treatable, they're good-tempered, as Emily told you, and, and, and they deserve a second chance. And I think it's just good policy for the state of New York getting these animals adopted, uh, not having to kill them. It's going to save localities money. Um, it, it's going to create better conditions. And frankly, I think most New Yorkers think this is probably already the policy of the mm-hmm. state of New York, mm-hmm. and, and they're aghast when they find out it's not. Wow. Wow. That, well, yeah, you, I think there are going to be a lot of so surprise well. listeners today, really. Yeah, a lot you, of people you put don't it so know. Well. Uh, Mr. Keller, a couple of years ago, we were involved in possibly bringing forward litigation against New York ACC's mm-hmm. deplorable practices. Mm-hmm. We were involved very heavily in that. We had a, a large law firm look at the case very, very carefully, spent six months. Uh, a thousand pages of documents and analysis was done on the case. Pro bono. And, pro bono. Pro bono, because our organization cannot afford to pay the fees from those firms. However, what we came up with was that under New York state law, the people are unable to sue New York ACC. There's a special carve-out in the law that absolutely says you cannot sue New York ACC. The only people that can sue them are the dogs, and dogs cannot sue. As you know, they are not very good at the legal work. 
So was this the intention of New York legislatures when they passed these laws? I'm asking you to obviously talk about people that voted on these things decades ago. But what's your opinion? Why would such a carve-out be in place? Well, well it's, it's, you know, that's the law. It's about having standing. But let me say, the people of the state of New York do have standing, and they have standing through two ways. First, you have the city controller who oversees all contracts. And I'm happy to say that that, that controller Lou, who's also a friend of the animals, uh, is doing a, uh, a very robust audit of AC&C, uh, looking how they are not only violating the law, but violating, possibly violating their contract. And I hope that will lead to many changes. But the other way that the people of New York can be heard is we have a public interest law firm that works for the state of New York, and that's the Attorney General, Eric Schneiderman. And, you know, I, I have been in conversations with his office about him looking into AC&C because he has very much the right to sue AC&C as the lawyer for the people of the state of New York. He also has complete oversight power over all not-for-profits in the state. Um, so that that is, I think, the way to really bring change to AC&C. And I'm, you know, hopefully um, going to get the attorney general to uh, take this issue up. Oh, I, we would really appreciate it. But forget about us. The dogs would oh, yeah. really appreciate it. <laughs> um, New York AC&C reports to the Department of Health, mm-hmm. which obviously serves or reports pretty much directly to Mr. Bloomberg. Yep. Um, but all of them must still act under state rules and laws, obviously, because they're all a part of New York State. Mr. Bloomberg reports to the state in a sense. Uh, what can the state at your level in Albany do to fix this horrible place? Well, I, I think that's why we're doing CAR. Right now, what we've seen is there are very few rules, regulations, laws that really govern uh, animal shelters uh, and rescue groups in this state. And what CARA sets out to do is set a minimum standard, create a balanced relationship, and also legislate some things that I think people assume are already law or good practices but aren't happening. How often you have to walk a dog, making sure they get fresh water. If two animals can share a kennel instead of having to kill one, having them share a kennel. All of these things are in the bill because what we've seen is when left to their own devices, uh, shelters will do the bare minimum, particularly AC&C. Absolutely. Tell us about one particular part of CARA, which which is obviously uh, close to my heart, the one that says that you can't kill a dog if a bona fide rescue wants to take the dog out, so and how the law did, is right now, what, what the rule is now. find uh, what we thought was a qualified rescue group, a group that's a 501c3, has a history uh, of taking care of animals. You know, they, They've been in existence for a year. They have a relationship with a vet, and they have a clean legal record in terms of not being charged or convicted of any crimes of animal cruelty. And what the law simply says is that if you meet these qualifications and an animal is on a youth list and you sign up to get, you know, to get uh, messages and the shelter cannot turn you away. You want that animal, you can get that animal. Now, people, I think, in, in that category, what you were speaking of, people that, that assume that that's how things work, let's get this straight right now. That is not how things work currently. Am I correct? Well, actually, the law of the state of New York is incredibly arcane and out of date. Technically, right now, shelters, it is illegal for shelters anywhere in the state to give dogs or cats to rescue groups. The law specifically says you can only adopt out to an individual. So shelters get around this by adopting it to the individual from the rescue group who comes. But this also, you know, you know makes a very uneven balance of power. All the power is in the shelter's hands because they can decide when they want to enforce that law, when they don't want to enforce that law, and rescue groups are really at their mercy. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you feel that CARA, if passed and it becomes a part of law, will it make New York one of the, in your opinion, will it make New York one of the shining examples of, of uh, animal activism? Oh, definitely. We'll be the third state in the country behind Delaware and California to pass a law like this. You know, we, I think we learned a lot from what we've seen in California over the last couple of years. We learned a lot from what we saw Delaware pass. I mean, our law is very similar to Delaware's. It's an incredibly mm-hmm. comprehensive law in terms of animal care. And I think it's really going to give a lot more animals a shot. And uh, the governor, is he uh, going to sign it? You know, I, I have not spoken to the governor yet about this. I, you know, I like to take this one step at a time. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I want to get through the committee process. I want to get it passed. Once we get it to the governor's desk, you know, I think, you know, the New Yorkers are going to come out and tell the governor they want to support it. You know, if it doesn't have any opposition. In full force we are, so would, you just let us know when. Yeah, I wouldn't when why the governor would veto it. Um, you know, you know the, the governor's had pets himself, and, uh, you know, I know him to be a very caring individual, and I know that, you know, you know, what's great about this governor is he's policy-minded first and foremost. And I think when we sit down and explain to him why this is good policy for the state of New York, he's going to want, want to sign it. Well, I tell you, Mr. Kellner, if you get it by the ad committee, I think that you're going to have the assembly vote for it. Oh, That's I the biggie. So. That's the big stumbling block. That's where it gets blocked, you know. Once it gets to the floor, I don't think anybody's voting against the puppies. I hope not. <laughs> you know, traditionally, New York has not been an animal-friendly front- state. As, as you said, it's, the laws are arcane, haven't been changed in decades. Um, not top of mind in Albany. Tell me something. Are you seeing a change in the legislature's minds over this, these last battles, especially the battle last year? Have you seen a change? Well, I, I, think, I think people, you know, as a member of the legislature, there are thousands of bills introduced each year. If you get... 15, 20 calls, a few emails. I think the passion people saw. I, I also think the fact that it was such a robust debate. Um, and and we, we, we showed on our side that, you know, we weren't entrenched in it's this or nothing, that we were willing to modify the bill. We were willing to introduce a new bill. Um, we were interesting to com- we were willing to compromise, um, not give up any of the major principles of the bill. Um, shows folks that you know this is good policy and that, that they need to give it a second thought. And um, you know, I, I believe with the, the fact that you know no one is opposing the bill this year so far that uh, we will uh, we will get it passed. I, I agree with you. I haven't seen this sort of unanimity in a long time. Best Friends, who's a major sponsor of this hour, is behind it, and they've, I think, endorsed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my good friend Nathan Winograd, I know your friend Nathan Winograd, is for this bill. Uh, they're kind of on two separate sides of the pole some, sometimes, but they've united on this one. Um, I see a lot of good things happening, and yeah. the mayor, Mayor's Alliance has not uh, come forward yet, which yeah, is no, also I mean, good news. Uh, it, it's, it's been really great to... Uh, Best Friends is having an event in Westchester yesterday and today, and they, they're having a huge adoption event, and they let people know that they should, you know, call their legislators. Uh, I know Nathan has activated his group. Uh, the League of Humane Voters in New York State was very active over the past week in getting people to contact. I mean, there's really been an outpouring from across the state and, and across the country to, to move this bill. Yeah, you know, it's not just humane policy. It's good policy. Yeah. This is, the, this is a smart thing to do. It's going to save money, it and it's going to make us whole. Sense. You know, yeah. it's going to make us whole. Um, let me ask you something else. If you had, if you had total power, I, I love these kind of blue sky questions. I always come up with these things. If you had total power to pass laws, and you, you, know, and you really wanted to fix New York ACNC, 
Um, you, you pro- I don't know if you heard the two other people that were that are current employees of New York. Well, one former, one current employee of New York ECNC, and some of the horrors that they described. What would you pass? What kind of law would you pass well, to fix it? I think it? the first thing you have to understand is, as long as we're contracting out the service, it's never going to be good. Um, New York ACNC was created because the ASPCA walked away from the contract in 1994, and Mayor Giuliani at the time wanted to create an entity that he could completely control. Um, uh, and um, well, he got that, you know, and, and that's what New York ACNC is, and that's why I think it's probably illegal and want the Attorney General to look at it because the Department of Health Commissioner not only awards the contract to New York ACNC, but he's the chair of the board, and all the board members serve at the mayor's pleasure. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that, that's really been problematic about it is there's been a lack of um, leadership at the top because you've had, I believe, eight directors and interim directors in the 10 years that the mayor has been in office. So, you know, how can you have any sort of consistency when there's a constant change in leadership? Right, and chosen for their loyalty to the mayor and the board. Yeah, I, I think... Um, rather than any commitment to the yeah, animals. The first thing you need to do is separate it from the Department of Health and giving, give it its own funding line. Right now, the ACNC budget is, ju- is minuscule, and it's really pathetic that we, and sad that we so underfund them. You know, uh, the Humane Society of the United States says we should be spending $2 to $6 per capita on each animal that comes into a shelter. Uh, on average, uh, ACNC spends $0.84 cents an animal under their contract. Um, they basically signed a contract that I don't think any private non-for-profit would have ever signed mm-hmm. that said, you know, we'll take massive cuts in the out years. So, I mean, you know, they know they're getting cut. Um, also, you know, we need to fulfill the law. The city council passed a law in 2003 that said we need to have a full-service shelter in each borough. And a full-service shelter includes having staff there 24 hours a day. Currently, only the Manhattan shelter meets that requirement. We still don't have any facilities in the Bronx or Queens, so having space would go a long way. And if you had a commissioner, not, not, not a contract, not a director, but an actual commissioner who had a budget line, you know, you know, you know the, the infighting in politics is often derided, but if you had a commissioner who was fighting for their budget line, fighting for a minimum amount of funding that was a requisite amount of funding, you'd have a lot of change. But that starts at the top. That starts with a mayor who says, you know what, we, we've been going with this policy now for 16 years of having ACNC, and you know what, it's the definition of insanity. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Right. Well, <laughs> to expect a different result, we have to do something differently. You, and what so- you need to do is create an organization that puts the animals first and foremost that says, you know, fostering animals, socializing animals, putting together, you know, a model shelter space, not just spending money to, you know, you know, you know, cut out, you know, to redo the HVAC system that only continues to make animals sick. Right. Um, and also it's about, um, you know, educating folks and, and going on an education campaign to let people know, and there are a lot of not-for-profits that want to, to partner, let people know that pit bulls aren't bad dogs, they're not fighting dogs, that, that, that stray cats are just as loving as any other cat, and really uh, going out of our way to make sure people adopt. And part of that would be, and there's actually a bill in the New York State legislature that I co-sponsor that hopefully will become law that basically puts a tax on pet stores that sell cats and dogs. Mm-hmm. And that 
that uh, great idea. That, that, that tax, that that funding, would go to supporting shelters across the state, because the policy of the state should be that you know people should adopt animals before they go and buy animals. Order. That's why myself and Senator Robach, while it's a symbolic law, thought it was a very good idea to make the official dog of the state of New York the rescue dog. Wow, what a great idea. What a, you know, Nathan wrote an article, you probably read it this week, called Anatomy of a Lie, and he was talking about New York ACNC. And in it he had an interesting line. He said that Mr. Bloomberg cannot be very much of a caring man or, or, or a man who, who stands for great uh, moral justice. Um, what did you think of that line? I know this is crossing lines because he's of your party. Well, he's an independent. But, uh, and, and you, you know, political infighting, I know you don't cast stones, but where do you think the mayor's responsibilities in this? Oh, I mean, I think the mayor takes full, I mean, the mayor has said, said over and over again, judge me. He said he needed a third term because only he could save the city. And, and, and it's really been rather pathetic on all fronts. I mean, it's very much for him about spinning and getting good press as opposed to getting good results. Um, we've seen this time and time again. You know, you've seen scandals in almost every one uh, of his agencies. Um, and I think, you know, when the history of this mayor is written, uh, he's not going to be remembered kindly because I think it was much more about his own ego than actually getting good policies done. And, you know, sadly, I think, you know, for him, um, you know, what interests the mayor interests the mayor. And if it doesn't, if it's outside that purview, he just has no interest. Right. So, you know, when it comes to health, whether it's banning, you know, trans fats or smoking, those are the health policy issues he's interested in. Right. He, you know, I'm sure he's never been to the shelter. I'm sure he's never been to a board meeting of ACNC. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm sure he, he doesn't think twice about the dogs and cats who are being killed each and every day in our shelter. Well, well they're being trusted, them. trusted to him. To his care, right. basically, because everyone is reporting to him. Well, hopefully, um, with all the momentum that's been building, um, and we're not the only ones for sure, but we're part of it. Hopefully, um, he's listening this morning. I'm sure some of his aides are. So, uh, Assemblyman Kellner, we're running out of time. I've got to tell you something. When are you going to run for mayor? Uh, not any time soon. I love being the Assemblyman for the Upper East Side. I enjoy every minute of it, and that's what I'm focused on. Uh, I'm a very simple man, Alex. I can only think about the task ahead of me, and right now that's getting the Companion Animal Access and Rescue Act done. Uh, once we do that, then we're going to move on to trying to fight to get better reforms for ACNC. Mr. Kellner, we're going to draft you in. Go, go get that job done. Get that bill passed, because it's a really great bill. I'm so proud of you guys. And I will be proud for a, I haven't been proud to be a New Yorker for a long time, and I'm starting to feel proud, and that's a weird sensation for me. And I tell you, my next thing is going to be I'm going to be knocking at your door and drafting you to run for mayor. Well, I'm not sure I'm ready for that, but, uh, you know, just please, I hope all your listeners will reach out to their legislator and say that, you know, they need to look at this bill, they need to consider supporting this bill, they need to vote for this bill, because at the end of this day, um, this is this is good policy, not only for the people of the state of New York, but the animals of the state of New York, um, and they deserve our consideration, too. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kellner, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Alex. And Brenda. From the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour, with a special message for you, WABC listeners. Our charity, the Buddy Fund, has saved over 50,000 dogs from being killed, placing them in loving homes across the country. Through our program, Dogs in Danger... We give a voice to the voiceless and raise awareness about issues and indiscretions in the animal community that would otherwise go unnoticed. 
However, as a charity, we are dependent on donations from listeners like you to keep the Dogs in Danger Radio Hour alive on WABC Radio. We ask that you please look into your hearts. And if you support our cause and want to continue, help us make a difference. Please log on to dogsindanger.com and make a donation to the Buddy Fund. Any amount you can spare would go a long way in helping keep animals out of kill shelters and informative programming on the air. It's up to listeners like you to help make the difference in the life of a furry little friend. So please log on to dogsindanger.com and make a difference. Love wildlife, so do we. Come visit the Best Friends Animal Society website during Wildlife Week, June 6th through the 12th, to explore the wondrous world of wildlife rehabilitation. Best Friends Animal Society is working all around the country to help animals and to bring about a time when there are no more homeless pets. Plus, our very special pet sanctuary is unlike any other on Earth. It's something you have to experience to believe. So come visit us at bestfriends.org. That's bestfriends.org. And please be sure to join us for Wildlife Week. The Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. Honest talk, even when it bites. On 77 WABC. Here are your hosts, Alex and Brenda. Welcome back to Dogs in Danger Radio Hour. And our featured dog of the day is, of course, a dog from New York City Animal Care and Control at the Manhattan Shelter. Dog's name is Charlene, and she's a beautiful brindle pit mix. And she is very friendly. She's no concern on her behavior valuation. She's being killed because she has a cold. And um, and we all know that's no good reason to kill a dog. So um, so let's uh, let's see if we can uh, rally the forces for Charlene. And you can check out uh, the Dogs in Danger page to find her. You can also go to facebook.com forward slash urgent death row dogs. And, 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 um, and there are 15 other dogs there as well. Um, and I just wanted to mention, um, because I promised, the Shelter Reform Action Committee... Uh, is a great group, um, which you can follow the goings-on at uh, New York ACC. So make sure you check out Shelter Reform Action Committee's website. And by the way, the dog that Brenda just spoke about, we just broke every single rule that New York ACC has. That's right. And I'm going to give you the phone it, number, and too. And we put there it on go. Dogs in Danger. So go save the dog right. if you can. But dog only has about an hour to live, guys. That's right. So please. Fifteen other dogs on that list for this morning too. So don't waste any time. I think the shelter opens at eight and o'clock. And let's give that URL again. That's that's where the, all of these listings go on. And I'm going to get cut off. And I don't Facebook. have Facebook.com forward slash urgent death row dogs. Bye. We love the weekends as much as you do. Live, local, New York weekends. Seventy-seven WABC, New York. From ABC News. Joan Bennett. Yemen is erupting following the departure of wounded President Ali Abdullah Saleh to Saudi Arabia. We get the latest from ABC's Linda Albin at the Foreign Desk. The celebrations marking the departure of Yemen's president.